Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 95.7 The Game's John Dickinson has been with the Warriors every day throughout the championship era. Half-court, the Warriors start to celebrate. The one-time darlings are now a dynasty. And now, he brings you the latest scoops on the back-to-back champs. He's looking good to go. And exclusive player interviews. What's up, Doug Nation? It's your boy, Stephen Curry. This is Warriors Weekly on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, John Dickinson. Welcome in Warriors Weekly NBA Finals Game 2 post-game pod. It's John Dickinson, Bonte Hill. Warriors get the one road win they needed uh, in Game 2, 109-104. The final, uh, Golden State with the 20 to nothing run bridging the second and third quarters, and the Warriors wind up flipping the game and maybe the entire momentum of the series uh, over that span. It winds up being a 34-21 third quarter advantage for the Warriors. They hang on late, uh, but were able to play uh, from a position of advantage uh, for a good portion of the second half, trailing by as many as 12, and then flipping that around to a 13-point lead. Warriors hang on and win it by five. Bonte, this series just getting started Far from over, but I'm going to make a bold statement to start this pod. I think the Warriors, when it's all said and done, we're going to look back whether this is a six-game series, a seven-game series, whatever happens, and we're going to say that the Warriors wound up winning the NBA championship because of that stretch at the end of the second and, and beginning of the third quarters tonight. There is no doubt about that, J.D., and you know I'm trying to wind myself down from what an epic, weird but great NBA Finals game. This was, I mean, you look at it, J.D., let's just start with the first half. How the hell did the Warriors go into halftime only down five? With the way that second quarter started, it seemed like, oh, boy, here comes Toronto. They're going to close this half out with the bang, and they let them off the hook. And now the Warriors did get a nice little whistle tonight, and it was it was inconsistent on both sides. I never want to go into it, talk about a game afterwards and say, oh, the referees did this and did that. They were inconsistent on both sides. Whatever. Players got to play through it. But you're right, man. Looking at the second half, and it started with Andre Iguodala, a guy we didn't know whether or not he was going to play in the second half. And I see him come out of the tunnel, and he's warming up. Then he scores a quick five in that third-quarter run, comes up with a big strip. He was everywhere in that quarter. And then, you, like you said, man, when we look back, when the Warriors, I do believe they're going to have what it takes to win this championship, we're going to look back at the Quinn Cook spurt, the back-to-back threes. We're going to look back at DeMarcus Cousins making plays on defense, a couple dimes of Klay Thompson on offense. He just played with absolute guts tonight. Sean Livingston was pivotal. And then the Andrew Bogut alley-oops. You had to call for the you had to call for the Yossie because of Looney, right. right? And he comes in and makes some big plays. So you're right, JD. We're gonna look back at the second half in the dynasty. It was like, and, and just look back at the second half in game two and just be like, damn, that's where they won the championship right then and there. And, and Steve Kerr, you look at some of the adjustments and and things that that we thought may happen from game one to game two. 
I've been calling for it since before the series started. Play Bogut and or Cousins. Play Bogut and or Cousins as your bigs. I thought Steve Kerr overthought it in Game 1, going with Jordan Bell at the start. Uh, tonight, uh, Cousins, I, I get that he wanted Cousins to prove that, that he could play and prove that he wasn't going to try to do too much and prove that he would be physically capable. All boxes that he checked in Game 1 in his eight minutes, uh, I, I get that Steve Kerr wanted to see that before he trusted him to be out there at the start of the game, but the Raptors play Marcus All, and yeah. he is a traditional big man body type. You need to meet a traditional big man body type, someone as skilled, as intelligent as he is, with intelligent, skilled, smart basketball players that are also his body type. And DeMarcus Cousins and Andrew Bogut both apply. And it's not a surprise to me that they were able to have success and bring in a different dynamic that, that wasn't there for the Warriors in the first game of this series. I'm with you there. And we, I think we both said that after game one. We said on the radio, Pop said on the radio, I think we're all kind of in agreement there about DeMarcus Cousins or Bogut because if you're going to have Jordan Bell out there who at times doesn't know where to go offensively and they're going to leave Bogut. At at times doesn't want to go defensively, even though he's got the body to be really good. There's no doubt. And you see Marcus all get those wide open threes in game one and he's not getting out there. Where it's like, why don't you just get a big out there who can be physical with Marcus All? Because Marcus All was so physical in game one with his 20 points. But it wasn't just the points that he scored. It was the screen setting. It was the boxing out. So it's like, all right, get a big out there. Because DeMarcus Cousins this season has done well against bigs who are Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Jokic in Denver. You know, bigs, traditional bigs where Mar- DeMarcus is like, okay, I could play with these guys and I could take them off the dribble. And then Bogut, I was thinking... You know what? Why not just play Bogut four minutes in the first quarter, three minutes in the, uh, four minutes at the start of the second half? So Bogut, and really he wasn't even going to play until Looney got hurt. And we'll talk about that injury a little later, J.D. But the Looney injury really forced Steve Kerr to say, all right, I have to go to the big Aussie. And what a big seven minutes there. Defensively, he was communicating. He knew where to go. Offensively, he was in the right spots. Set some good screens. Rebounded, rebounded really well. I mean, he boxed out well. DeMarcus Cousins, watching him play like that, J.D., and it was just it was fascinating. When you think about the season he's been through, the year he's been through, and I remember talking, I was talking to his uh, security guard, Tuan, before yeah. game one, and he was nervous as hell. He was nervous as hell because think about what's on the line for DeMarcus Cousins this offseason. Think about it. He goes out there and he rips that quad back up. He's done. But you know what? Deep down inside, he knows he may not ever get to this point again in his NBA career. You're playing for a championship, and vacation's going to be in two weeks regardless. you got all offseason to you know, rehab and do what you got to do. I applaud DeMarcus Cousins for making the effort to get back for the series. And what just big minutes from him. Big minutes from him. He looked like he was in shape. Sure, there were some mistakes defensively. He did you know, a couple times some miscommunications there, but we call for it. Going to book, book, uh, Boogie and Bogut, and Steve Kerr delivered. Now, he again, he had to play Bogut because Looney was out. But going to Boogie there to start the game did not surprise me. I think it was the right move here in Game 2, and it worked out for the Warriors. John Dickinson and Bonte Hill, Warriors Weekly Podcast. Uh, getting some Kavon Looney and Clay Thompson news here. Kavon Looney to have an MRI Monday and a CT scan as well. Clay Thompson scheduled for an MRI uh, as well. Uh, the x-rays negative uh, on uh, 
Kavon Looney with that that chest contusion. Well, we gonna we gonna double up right now. We're gonna go we're gonna go live and all right all right. Let me know if I can help you uh, if I can help you with that. Uh, the other thing in play here, Bonte, is the fact that the Warriors got this game and in hindsight, if they hadn't gotten this game with all of the question marks due to the injuries, because look, Durant's not going to be available in my estimation for game three. Uh, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and set it up. We're going to set it. We're setting it up right now. Uh, hey, there we go. There we go here. want to maybe put that, put that right there. All right. Yeah. Maybe that might, that might help it a little bit. There we go. There we yeah, go. Yeah, look at that. All right. Look at our look at our ugly I'm mugs. Sure they, I'm sure the Bay there. will see our ugly faces here. Uh <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually gonna I'm sending out a tweet right now. Uh yeah, with the with the news as far as what's going on tomorrow with Clay Thompson and, and, and Kevon Looney. So you were about to say, J D, that if the Warriors lost this game and you're back You're in big trouble. Exactly. You're in big trouble. You're in big trouble. Because Durant's probably not ready. Durant. You may not have Clay. Dollars beat up. Uh, I mean, that, I think Looney's cool. deal is right. more is more serious. You know, at least in the unknown. I mean, he's getting a CT right. scan. It's I mean, anytime, and that it seems like it might be a rib or, or something like that. I mean, he took a hard fall down here uh, on the baseline. Uh, you know, what late first quarter, second yeah. quarter, late yeah. late first quarter. I think is is when that was. So uh, the Warriors give themselves a little bit of breathing room by getting that game and and just giving themselves an opportunity where now it's not you have to go home and win two. You want to go home and win two. Obviously, you want to go home and win two and then come back here and, and have a shot to maybe win the championship here uh, a week from tomorrow night. Uh, but you also give yourself at that point a chance to win the championship at Oracle in a game six. Uh, I mean, that, that's, what, that's the capital that right. you build up by winning a game like tonight. But, but getting that game is critical because, I mean, you imagine the Warriors having to go home down 0-2, no Durant, maybe no Clay Thompson, maybe no Kevon Looney. I mean, that uh, against a Raptors team that, you know, if they win, would have largely controlled the first two games. Getting out of here with one, I mean, I just can't say it enough. It probably saved the Warriors. It probably saved the Warriors' season. Oh, yeah, it's tough to see the Warriors with all the injuries going down 0-2 and winning 4-5 and against this Toronto Raptors team. This Toronto Raptors team is good, and they missed a lot of open shots. A lot of open shots, J.D. Missed a lot of bunnies at the rim. A lot of bunnies at the rim, so... The Warriors did a better job of contesting tonight. A better job of getting back in transition. And, and again, when you flip a game, it gets... you know this. I, I tweeted this out during the game, Bonte. Quinn Cook and Norman Powell were both on the floor, and Quinn Cook knocked down... Two threes in, in a big stretch Three for the Warriors, the half, and yeah. yeah, two like right, right, you know, in in and Norman Powell was out on the floor for Toronto, and Norman Powell missed two threes yep. in that same juncture. And and what I tweeted out is, playing from a position of advantage, it's so easy to play free and take those shots and make those shots. Norman Powell missed a couple because the Raptors had to have them, and you're tight, and the Warriors have an eight six eight point lead you're a little bit more loose those shots are easier to take and easier to knock down that's where the what the Warriors right. did in the second and the third helped right. their role players in the fourth succeed well what was so big about the Quinn Cook threes was it felt like Toronto was starting to get back into the game they cut it to seven they cut it to six 
cut to seven again. And if you don't get those Queen Cook threes, all of a sudden Toronto grabs a rebound. They're going down. They're saying, hey, we can cut this to five. We can cut this to four. So it halted momentum. Like it was one of those swing points. It was like, whew, we still have breathing room. Whew, we still have breathing room there. So that's what was so huge about those Quinn Cook threes. And you're right about Norman Powell missing those threes. Danny Green missed some big threes. Quinn Cook's three-pointers, Iguodala's five points right out of halftime, those were big because if you take away that three-quarter stretch, Warriors again, I thought defensively, you're right, J.D., they got back in transition. I thought they fought off the screens really well tonight. They defended really well. Draymond Green was phenomenal at times, one-on-one against Kawhi Leonard. I know Kawhi Leonard went off for 18 in the second half, but they made him really work for those 18 in the second half. But I thought the Warriors did a good job of boxing out tonight. Now, I did get Harry there in the fourth quarter where the Raptors got some offensive rebounds. They got some loose balls there. They finished with 10 offensive rebounds. But that third-quarter spurt really covered up what was – at times, a really sloppy game for the Warriors offensively. Well, and the, and the Warriors struggled to score down the stretch uh, of the game. I mean, they had to win it with their defense. I mean, the Raptors were getting stops, but then the Warriors were going down, and the Warriors were getting stops on, on the other end. So, yeah, the, the defensive effort, intensity, detail, it was all there for the Warriors tonight. And, and when it is, it gives them opportunities to go on the big run. That's the other thing when you look at you know, game one to game two. The Raptors were able to hit a couple of shots right. that stopped runs, that didn't allow the Warriors to get the lead right. and build it. And, and again, and we, we were talking about this a couple minutes ago, if Toronto withstands that run and even is only down, let's say, four, five, six, they go on their run late, right. they might steal this game back. Yeah. And, and, but, but pushing it up to 13 was just, it was paramount because the Warriors wound up needing just about every one of those points. Yeah, and really in the fourth quarter, let's talk about that last stretch there where it was five minutes and change where the Warriors didn't score into that last Iguodala three-pointer. They were stuck on 106 forever, J.D. Stuck on that, and I'm thinking, okay, this game is over, but you look at, there was a timeout there, I believe, what was it, 429 or something like that, four minutes and some change, and there was a timeout on the floor, and I tweeted out something. This is going to be the longest four minutes and change of the season for the Warriors. And it really was. They hung on for dear life. They were up eight for a long time. But Toronto had so many chances to cut into that lead. And what Toronto did defensively down the stretch, knowing that, hey, Clay's out. Durant's out. We're going to single up. We're going to look at Curry and make sure that he doesn't beat us. And he didn't. Um, <laughs> you get that wild last possession to where, for some reason, Toronto – like, like, there's people who think, oh, Toronto could have let it played out and not fouled. I, I'm actually one of them. I'm actually one of them, believe it or not. I, I thought they should have fouled. Well, Nick Nurse said they wanted to foul. Yeah, I seen him clapping. He was clapping. He wanted them to foul. He missed two opportunities. Here. But they also, but they also said the ball got moved quick enough to where they had a couple of traps, and it and it wasn't in the hands of players that they wanted to foul because right. you want to try and because you have a little bit of time, you want to try and get the ball in the hands of a, of a lesser free-throw shooter, and he didn't feel that they did that. I'm actually of the belief that in that scenario, I was talking about this with Steiny and Guru in the studio, in that scenario, and Nick Nurse said under 28 he wants to foul, and it was, what, 26-9, I believe? Yeah, or, yeah I, it was... It's, I, but for me, it's, it's not always, time to get a good shot. Well, it's an, but it, you know what it does, though, is it creates an awkward possession for the offense. The offense doesn't know how, and it's exactly how it played out, because the offense is not used to just holding it. And then throwing it up for grabs right. with two seconds, especially when you're trapping. So you're moving, you're moving around right. trapping, and they're trying not to shoot. Right. So the fact that they don't want to shoot 
it acts as a, another level of defense in addition to the traffic. So they keep moving the ball. So I think you actually wind up with a lot of opportunities to steal the ball or you wind up with somebody taking a shot too early because it's it's just uncomfortable as far as, like, when do I shoot it, when do I not shoot it? And Iguodala is the perfect example of that. Iguodala took the shot too early. Too early. Way too early. But, but you, you can't – beggars can't be choosers right. in that situation. And, again, I've, I've always believed this. It creates such an awkward possession that if you just – sell out defensively the way the Raptors did, a lot of the times teams will turn the basketball right. over or they'll take the shot too quick. And I actually thought it wound up being played out perfectly well, see, the for the Raptors. Yeah. But Iguodala makes the shot, and as Nick Nurse said, you tipped your cap, Iguodala makes the shot. I know people are making too big a deal of – I mean, I, I know Stephen Curry said it was disrespectful, and I, I don't know the context he, when he was talking to Doris Burke. Right. What was the context of that? I, I, I mean, I, I, was he playing yet. around – I just saw the quote. He's just saying, hey, look, it's disrespectful to leave a shooter like that of his acclaim. Yeah, or well, just a player of that acclaim uh, wide open like that. But here's the thing in that situation. That's nonsense. I'm going to say it. Yeah, watching a lot of basketball, J.D. We both watch a lot of basketball. And under 28 seconds, I'm with Nick Nurse there. I feel like he got a foul. And Draymond had the ball in his hands a couple times. And Livingston had a ball in his hands a couple times. And I saw Nick Nurse clapping at his players to go foul there. They missed three opportunities to foul early to get the ball back with about 15 seconds or 20, you know, 20 to 15 seconds left to get a good shot. My theory is, look, the offense, yeah, they're in an uncomfortable spot to where they got to hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, and then put up a shot. But if that shot goes up and it's a long miss, it goes off the back rim or something, and guys are fighting for the ball, then all of a sudden you're under five, four three seconds there to where you're not going to get a good shot. It's a scramble, Jill. You're probably going to settle for like a 50 to 40-foot three-pointer there. So I'm always in the belief that you foul in that situation to get the ball back. I thought Toronto played that poorly. Now, the Warriors almost gave it up. Warriors almost gave it up there with some hairy passing there. And then well, and again, but, but it was great defense. Was I mean, that was the thing. Like, like it wasn't, I mean, the, the Raptors, like I said, and Nick Nurse said he wanted them to foul, but it wasn't. It just didn't play out like they. they, they I think they believed in mid possession. The players on the court believed well, they that they had a chance to right. to get. Well, they didn't foul because Curry. they had it. They did try, Curry. and Curry they, damn near threw a pick six to exactly. Kawhi. Exactly. And and that was the part that I know there was a big deal made about it downstairs and a lot of questions about what was disrespectful and wasn't, which yeah, I just okay, thought was. It. I don't even. I I just thought it was kind of like well, you know what? Yeah, Iguodala is a money player. He's right. a Finals MVP. Everybody knows that, but. Of course, if you're the opposition, you're going to have Iguodala take a three right. as opposed to Draymond laying it up or somebody else, him leading it to a dunk or, or Curry winding up, knocking down an open right. three. So I, I, just, I just thought a lot of that was just kind of – and again, I, I'm inclined to, I'm inclined to think Curry was probably joking, right. but the way it was kind of taken in the press conference was almost like, well, the Raptors shouldn't have let Iguodala take a wide open three because he's clutch. Well, uh, would they – you rather have him let you take a three? Well, I mean, you know come on. I call, that? I call that the ultimate yellow shot because it's one of those, like, no, 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 yes. Like, Iguodala, you're sitting there watching, like, oh, my God, he's going to shoot this ball with about five seconds and some change left. What if it doesn't go in and he nails it and you're like, whew, we got away with one. But there were some terrible possessions down the stretch. What about the Draymond Green turnover there late in the game where the Raptors got the ball back down five? And it was just like there's one thing about the Warriors over this run. Where, because they, they, they blow so many teams out. You know what I mean? They blew so many teams well, out. And, early and on tonight they didn't have their main have team. But like, that's the other team, thing. But they've blown so many teams out, J.D., that sometimes in crunch time situations, their offense just looks stagnant. They're like, 
do we run to KD? Curry pick and roll. What do we do? Set up a shot for Clay. Does Curry want to take it? Does Sometimes down the stretch, if you watch their possessions over the years, they just struggle uh, with yeah. crunch time possessions there. And that's what they did in the last five minutes of change here in game two. Yeah, and I think tonight was also a big part of it was just the fact that they didn't have – I mean, you don't have Clay Thompson on the floor at that point in time. You don't have Durant on the floor. And even when they've had those guys, they struggle. Right. But you're really going to struggle when it's Curry and it's Draymond and you know Cousins who's barely played – and then Livingston and Iguodala, who are two non-shooters, although Iguodala does have a knack for making big shots, and he knocked down a couple of big shots tonight, including the one uh, at the end of the game. first three since the Houston series. Yeah. The first three, his stretch there at the beginning of the third quarter, you go back to that and you're like, who stole Iguodala? Like, what, what ha- did he? Was there some PRP shots taken? Was there. What went on? I want to know what happened in that locker room at halftime. Because, again. Well, he got hit in the He said he got hit in the head. He got hit in the head, yeah. yeah well, I was, you were down there. Yeah. I was down there. He said he got hit in the head and he woke up. But you never know with Andre Godala because he's so cryptic. He's so funny. So he's like, oh, I got hit in the head. It gave me a little edge. I woke up. And then all of a sudden he comes out in the third quarter just like, whoa, look at this Godala here. So, I mean, unbelievable effort from him. Boogie, Quinn Cook, so many pivotal moments in that game. But look, this series by far, a lot of people think the series is over. It is not. It is just beginning, folks. No, definitely not over, and especially because the Warriors are probably going to have to play one more game without Kevin Durant. Uh, Again, Clay Thompson going for that MRI on the hamstring Monday, uh, and Kevon Looney dealing with uh, chest contusion is what... Uh, the Warriors said it was. Anytime you're talking about a chest contusion, that that that's a it's little. Not good. That's not good. I mean, that <laughs> makes me good. think. Like I said, it it might be a rib or or something like right. that, which can be uh, extremely uh, you know problematic. Although Looney, uh, you know, I walked by Looney as I was actually coming up here to go on with Steiny and Guru, and, it, and he was kind of joking with you know security and and a couple of media members. So it seems like he was in good spirits. I know you were in the locker room side of it. Uh, I don't know if you had a, got a chance to, to talk to Looney or, or not. Did, but, not see, did not see Looney when I got in there. And I got in there pretty early. Uh, Sean was talking, then Quinn Cook. We got Iguodala, uh, Bogut talked. So I did not see Looney after the game. I did see Kevin Durant. He was in good spirits. Draymond was fired up. Um, so we'll see what happens Wednesday, man. I, I don't know who's going to suit up. I don't know who's going to be in a lineup here. But a lot of these guys were in good spirits because they felt like you get this one here, and all of a sudden you get a split. You won in Toronto. You put some doubt in Toronto's head. Yeah. And now the matchups, the adjustments here, what's going to happen. But I thought Toronto, man, they got into foul trouble. They just they missed a lot of shots. And they got, they got flustered there. Well, and, to, and that was the thing. They let, it, they let, one, they let a, a little run turn into a monumental run. And, and you're right. I think it did get in their head a little bit uh, as it went on. And that just gets back to the point where, again, you don't, if you don't get down 12, you may end up having enough to come back and actually win the game as opposed to to coming up, you know, five points short uh, at the end of the night. Uh, I did hear this, J.D. I did hear this over the weekend that if the Warriors – now, I don't know how true this is. I don't know how true it is at all. But I heard that if the Warriors were going to go down 0-2 in this series, if they would have went down 0-2, that Kevin Durant possibly would have been back for game three. Now, I heard if it's 1-1, they feel like they could buy a little time with KD – get him a couple practices, and get him ready for Friday, Friday night in game number four. I don't know the validity of this, validity of this but the source is actually has been really good uh, to me personally. So who knows, man? Who knows? We may see KD game three, especially without Klay Thompson. But to win that game the way they did, like 
not scoring three points in the last five minutes and change in a finals game against this team to win that game, it's the ultimate steal. It's the ultimate steal from a championship team. Yeah, and, I, and they, they took it. I mean, they, they took it. They earned it. They, like you said, created doubt uh, for the Raptors, which I think is, is critical moving forward. Just not letting them play as comfortably as they did you know, in the opener. Siakam, he goes from a 14 for 17 to a 5 for 18. Uh, and you know, a, a team effort on him. Two for ten in the second half, JD. Yeah, and and look, I mean, it's you know he had a great game and he he had a eh, game. How about, how about Kyle Lowry, who I thought played a solid four game, even though the point total wasn't up there, a minus sixteen. I thought I thought Lowry was actually awful. The, I, I actually yeah, I thought he. I think he's he's picked up and he fouled out, and I I think he, I think he's picked up some. Awful fouls. Awful fouls. Like Awful I like I like you know, and I made the. I actually didn't think the officiating. I thought the officiating in the second half was was fine. It was non-existent. I, again, yeah, um, so. The first half, I thought the Warriors did get a friendly whistle. It happens. I mean, there's times where the Warriors think you know that that there's issues there uh, going the other way. It, again, whatever it happens. Uh, but I don't. I don't think Lowry's fouls were like I think Lowry just, just I just fouls. I just think Lowry's a little over aggressive aggressive and, and then the audacity JD, and, and and just complain bad timing yeah bad timing reach fouls ninety four feet away from your basket yeah. after, after a rebound after not rebound not, just silly fouls yeah. a veteran like that who's what thirty two thirty three years old you can't do that you can't do that to your team but man it, it, a lot of stuff real quick I want to talk about Draymond Green the postseason run for him continues JD. Damn near drops a triple double tonight, and he started off 0 for 4 tonight. He missed some easy baskets, but you look at the end of the first quarter. He had what nine points, five rebounds, well, they, three assists. That's the key tonight. Was he winds up with 17 points? 17 points, and really, you saw his communication on defense. Get back, you get there, you get him and Bogut, especially in the second half together. Him and Bo- Boogie down low. I thought Draymond Green was phenomenal tonight. Probably, you know, you could say Kawhi was the best player. I, I think personally, Draymond Green was the MVP for the Warriors tonight. If you had to give a player player of the game. Uh, don't sleep on Clay Thompson, I'm not though. Sleeping on Clay. Clay kept a minute. And Clay was fired up. He hit him you seen him hit a three. He started chirping at the Raptors bench. But Draymond Green tonight, I thought pushed the tempo. He got him back on defense. He barked. His defense one on one against Kawhi Leonard that stretches in the fourth quarter was great. I thought Draymond Green was an absolute dog tonight. And basically willed him and helped will them in that first half. But you're right, JD, Clay Thompson was Phenomenal as well with the shot. It was good to see that. And Clay also wasn't out there at the end, and Draymond was. Right. And, and Draymond being out there obviously uh, made a huge difference. All right, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up uh, on that note. Uh, Bonte, I know you got an early flight back uh, to the Bay tomorrow, and uh, I'm going to be flying back I'm late. Sleeping, JD. I'm, uh, I'm not sleeping, tonight. I think sleeping. you got time. I'm I think you sleeping. got time. I, I think... am scared that I will oversleep and be stuck in Canada I am not sleeping, folks. Well, it looks like we're coming back. I mean, we're, we're, we are coming back, we are actually. Coming back. We know we're coming back now because it's one-to-one. So, yeah, we're going to be back next weekend, Game 5, a week from Monday. Uh, but we've got Game 3 and 4 at Oracle Wednesday and Friday. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have to see if the fans can bring it uh, inside Oracle Wednesday and Friday. The fans brought it here, uh, although the Warriors did take them out of the game with the with the mm-hmm. massive run, as you would expect, that there was that sense of oh boy, this is what this team's all right. about. Right, again, like, hadn't, hadn't seen it yet. And I, some of those stretches, I kept thinking about JD. I know we want to wrap this up, but I kept thinking about Memphis Game Four back in 2015, when they were down two one. 
and they're just scrap like they scrapped their way to this victory defensively. They said, "All right, our offense is we're not getting the shots we want. We're we're turning it over a little bit." But I thought their defense it reminded me so much of that game, game four Memphis when they finally learned how they finally learned what playoff basketball was about. Now I know they've been there, you know when they lost to the Spurs in the second round and beat the Nuggets, and I know they lost the next year to the Clippers, but to be a championship team. I felt like they learned how to be a championship team in game four against Memphis in Memphis back in 2015, and that's what some of this game took me back to. I kept thinking about that with the way they scrapped, the way they defended, and basically gutted out a victory here in game two. I kept thinking about that. Yeah, no, they, they definitely got it out of victory, and the Warriors get a road win for a 23rd consecutive playoff series, which is every one of the series that Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green have played in going back to, to 2013 uh, when this run started before they were at a, a championship level. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, keep it locked, 95.7 The Game uh, on Twitter and Facebook, and listen to Bonte and Papas. They're, gonna, they're right off the plane tomorrow. They're right off the plane tomorrow and right into the studio. I'm going to hang back and uh, go to Niagara Falls, actually, and, and drive to Buffalo. What a life. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to make a, make a whole day. Forget a rest day. No rest. I'm just going to get it in. I'm going to be back to the Bay a little bit later, uh, but ready to roll on Tuesday for the practice day out at Oracle Arena, and then Wednesday night, uh, for the Warriors and the Raptors in Game 3. Appreciate everybody joining us on Facebook Live uh, as we, we roll Facebook Live out as we're recording this podcast. Yeah, listen to the podcast. If you know, listen, Just listen to the podcast. You can't get enough Warriors talk. Cause it's, yeah, exactly, because it's good, but you got a little sneak peek if you right. were you know, watching on right. Facebook Live tonight. All right, enjoy Game 3, everybody. We'll talk to you after that one. This was a production of the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.